Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends, Rugby League Social Club, a podcast here to convince you that social media is not a bad place, you just need to follow the right people. It will be unbelievable and I think it, it probably will be a dream that we're chasing and um, I just hope we go good. I'm Big T and I'd like to give a big shout out to at Pythago NRL. The man was super helpful one morning when I'd woken up had been inspired by Fat Harry Laser to do a draft, and then I messaged him for about two hours from like 6.30 in the morning to 8.30 in the morning, back and forth about the ideas that I had about how the draft was going to work and any flaws that he could see. He and I built up the ideas over and over again. The guy was super helpful, uh, particularly that time of the day, and this could not have happened without him. So big shout out to Pythago NRL. I love your views on the world and views of my own. What a day for him. He's come here with nothing in his pocket and he's gone home with... Lovely dedication time. This is everyone's chance to nominate a special person in their lives. Could be a player, coach, team, referee, social media account, anyone they think deserves some love. This week, we've had at Chasing Kangaroos, Michael Carboni, the Carbs, nominate at Jason NRL for making the most sense among all the recent breaking news. I absolutely love Jason NRL, so thanks for this one, Carbs. Jason's poem is... We love Jason NRL because we trust some news he does tell. Our next one was from at Andrew RLP. Andy has written, I want milk, I want it now, by Woody Guthrie. For Mitchell Moses, says his shout out. So thanks, Woody Guthrie. In fact, Andrew loves you so much. This is your poem for him. Woody Guthrie, Andrew Ferguson loves thee. That's right. At the other boys, sent out a LLD. He said, I'd like to nominate at B.Dots43 and at AndrewNathan05 for a, dedicate for, their, for a dedication this week for helping me be accountable for my fitness during lockdown and just being great guys generally. That's a very nice one, yeah, the boys. And so your one is at YTB loves his boys because of how he worked out with his toys. And our last one is from at Richard Cranium NRL. He's written that he loves, he wants, to sell an, he wants to send out an LLD to John Lennon's number nine song, The Dreams for West Tigers fans. And so Richard loves Lennon. His songs take him to heaven. So, here we go. Draft. The big draft's come to an end. I thought we should start by looking at the rules and stuff like that and move from there. So, draft rules where there were 17 teams in this one, maximum of 20, but we only had 17. Players, coaches are assumed to be playing at their peak. Each owner will be provided 18 draft picks. Must have played, uh, the player or coach that they pick must have played a game in Australia first grade, New South Wales Rugby League or NRL, or England's first grade, Premiership or Super League, since the kickoff of round one, 1980, to the kickoff of round two in 2020. They could be male or female, they could be from any nation, they could be of any nationality, and can currently be passed away. Each owner needed to fill 17 positions on the field and one coach. There are no real rules around how players are positioned. For example, an owner could have selected Jason Tamalolo and then placed them in as fullback because the owner can do as they please and be an eccentric billionaire. When drafting in odd weeks, there was a pre-draft randomized order, which I did live for anyone on Twitter that day. But every even pick was a first-in, best-picked lightning round starting at 1 a.m., Australian Eastern Standard Time, the following day after the final owner had picked from the last round. So if, for example, we did all of our uh, even round picks 
by Sunday, then Monday, the next day at 1am, we would uh, go into the DMs and then it would be in the DM. And so the DM was an excellent addition thanks to Rev underscore Boyle because all the timestamps were there. There was no arguing over who did it first. Um, and it was shocking to see. There was a couple of uh, Americans in this and so they were they were during normal daytime, but it was amazing to see almost 100% of the uh, owners were in there at 1am scrounging for their next pick. And then um, and then as everyone woke up at 6, 7, 8, if you weren't at the 1am, they would then pick. Then it was a fantastic way to move it quickly, which is why that happened. Uh, we did every second round as fast lightning rounds just to keep it going as quick as we could. But how do you win? What would happen after this amazing draft? Well, the best team on paper, as judged by the owners and how the owners went through their um, motions, and really however the owner wanted to vote, we all voted for our favorite owner, our favorite team, and then that owner is getting a six-pack of beer from me. It was done through Google Forms um, and done through the DM. The most popular team, though, as judged by Twitter, was going to receive a public tweet, will receive a public tweet, from each of the owners stating that the winner was, quote, at old mate is an amazing NRL draft owner slash genius. Congratulations and best of luck with your asterisk season. And then each owner would accompany that with a GIF uh, tweet of their own. Uh, the big news is obviously the omission of Jonathan Thurston. So let's introduce the Twitter handles, the people in it. Um, we have at yes underscore Charlton. He was the owner of the Cessnock Cessnas. At Victoria underscore was the proud owner of the Latchmont Larrikins. At Goddamn Gundagin was the owner of the Woi Woi Pelicans. Matty Boom at Boomsy8, no zero, was the owner of Lennox Head Llamas. At NRL Bulldogs fans, they had the Bulldozers. At Bereft of the Dial had the Ironsides. At Fat Harry Lazy had Pit Rats. At Pythago NRL had the 95s. At League Digest had El Dorado Draft Horses, and I love that pun, gentlemen. At Voluntary Tackle had the Clavelli Crunch. At Podcast RLA, Rugby League in America Podcast, had the Rough Raiders. At Rev underscore Boyle had the Optimist. At Budunya had the New Jersey Jerseys, uh, whose emblem, one eyed tiger, swears was a penis. And at Andy Siegs was the owner of the Ambid. Uh, armadillos at sharks obsessed who's also one part of the excellent podcast fins up podcast had the snowman and finally at chicken palmer who got on to twitter just for this draft had the edge city masks oh and at the biggest tiger your boy had the winchester wombats now we're going to hear from each owner i've gone and interviewed each of them to ask them about their approach to the draft and then also who they thought did a really great job uh, and I really hope you can still hear the excitement and fun that is still in their voice, because uh, this is done just as we finished. We will look at the Snowmans. The owner was uh, at Sharks Obsessed. His uh, 1 to 13 was at fullback David Peachy, Matt Rogers, Mark Gaznia, Matt Gidley, and Mick Devere. And the backs, the halves were Anthony Milford and the halfback was Brad Camorley. The forwards were Payne Haas, Glenn Lazarus, with Ennis as the hooker. And the back rowers were Luke Lewis, Paul Gallen, and Jason Tamalolo. The bench was Ben Barber, Wade, Graham, Jesse Bromwich, Jason Stevens, and the coach was Shane Flanagan. Uh, Carrying Bar Snowmen were based around a Sharks fan, and uh, this was what he said his approach was. My approach to the draft was 
I didn't I didn't have a good draft pick to start off with, so it just depends. Who's your first on... pick? My first pick was Tormalolo, but I think I picked it twelfth. Yeah, right. So I was, you know, I, obviously I wasn't in a position to take a spine player or one of the immortals or or anything like that. And Tormalolo still being available at number twelve um, took me on a different path than I thought that I was going to take. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I pretty much built my team around having the biggest beast in the NRL at the moment and then decided that I was going to make a huge pack around him. Yeah, because you ended up with Pass, Lazarus, Lewis, Gallen. Yep. Bromwich, Jason Stevens, Wade yeah. Graham, Michael Ennis. I ended up with a big pack. Yeah, right. Uh, and that all just came off the back. What was your uh, – so it, whatever your first pick was going to be, you were then going to divert from there. Did you know that before you started or did it just come apparent to you when you, when you picked it? Well, I've, I've never done a rugby league draft before. I've done basketball drafts and I've done EPL drafts. So it, all, it just depends on who you first pick and how you build. You know, right. so, if I, so if I'd got a top three pick and you're ending up with, you know, a Smith – uh, a Thurston, a Lockyer, um, an Andrew Johns, or a Fitler. Obviously, you're building your spine. Um, but I ended up with a forward, so I went. I, I went a completely different path. You, you end up, you know, taking that forward and having and having a punt and see what you can get. So, if we did the draft again, yep. uh, you know, in six or twelve months. You, you'd feel like you'd end up with a completely different team just because of possibly where your selection was. Yeah, exactly right. So, I mean, yeah. you know, if, you, if you're the number one or number... Well, I mean, let's say if you've got the first four picks of, of the draft in an NRL draft and you can pick anyone in the last 30 years, generally the first four picks are going to be Lockyer, in no, in no order, Lockyer, Johns, uh, Smith, and then probably, you know, Thurston, and then you've got Fittler. So, so, so say you're top five, right? Um, and then, you know, you've got other spine players that can go, you know, you've got English, you've got all the others. So it just, as I said, mine just depended on who, who I felt was the best possible player at pick 12 and getting Tormalolo. I think I would have done an injustice if I got Tormalolo and then left my forward pack alone for a little while. Yeah. Right. Um, so who do you think was your favorite pick in the end? Well, from my team or, or, or overall? Well, it's answer them both. Well, overall, I like I I sort of left it a little bit too late to pick him, but I was going to pick Ryan Girdler. Um, oh no, and... who picked up him? Who was the amazing owner who picked up Ryan Girdler? It was you, wasn't it? It was me. It yes, was, thanks. Yeah. I um, so grow like I grew up in in the western suburbs, and I wasn't always able to get out to Sharks games. But Ryan Girdler was one of my favourite players growing up, and. I just mm. left it one round too late to pick him up. I picked him up in a 1 a.m. round, yeah. and, and I was nervous the entire way. The entire draft, the, the, the round before I was grabbing him, I was super nervous because I needed a 5-8 and there weren't many left. And when I saw Goods were still open, I was sweating bullets all day that someone was going to pick him up. Yeah. And then I had, um, I was also then, I don't think I slept that night, which is so embarrassing to think that the draft's having such an impact on us, but... Anyway, ridiculous. Uh, what thinking about there you go. So now you've transitioned beautifully into beautifully into owners. Who thinking about the DM and how everyone went about their business and, and the teams they've come up with? Who was the owner that you uh, liked the most? Um, I think uh, I think 
there, there were two different ones. Like I interacted a lot with Fat Hairy Lazy. Mm-hmm. I think he was pretty cool. Um, and then it turns out he followed my old account before it got banned. Um, I always talked to to Mario, so I didn't really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I don't know their ats. I don't know their ats. Like I, I didn't really look at that. But there were a lot of. You know, it was really interesting as well. The, for example, the guy who told me that he had met some Leeds Rhinos players, and you know, when I lived over in England for a few years, I was I was at a lot of Leeds Rhinos games. So that was, you know, just to see someone draft Jamie Peacock, I was like, well, he wasn't on my radar, but that was cool. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, so it was, and you know, the guys in America just you know seeing what they were doing, and uh, yeah. yeah, it was cool. Uh, okay, great, and uh, I think that's it. Right. Thanks, man. Um, that, that's all good. Um, look, it was just, uh, just, just, just my own thing on there. I've never had a draft wind me up so much. Um, <laughs> Why? Because I wanted, you know, I wanted to pick Gordon Tallison and someone picked him. And then I had, you know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, my next two choices were going to be James Maloney and Ryan Girdler. And they went, you picked up ET before I could get him. <laughs> uh, so I got like, you know, I've done a lot of NBA drafts before and I was never shitty. But there were there was some even yeah Vic, uh, Victoria picking up Valentine Holmes like I was pissed for about three hours after that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So see, it's funny how serious because uh, the whole time I was enjoying it. Yep. But there were but there was some real like there must have been something more. You're right. There must have been something else in it that would motivate me to to stay up or to get up or to um to do so much research, constantly looking, watching old games. Every time I watched a game. I had my phone ready to just write people's names, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Or, oh wow, I didn't really know this person. I had to look him up on Rugby League Project. It was great. I, t- I tell you, the, the the one pick that there was a question there that I was kind of hoping that you were going to ask on the feedback just before I let you go, or you let me go, was is there a player that you were tossing between? Because I picked up Michael Devere really late in the draft, mm. and that was one pick that I was really happy with. But I was tossing up between him and Taniela Tuaki. And uh, right. and Taniella didn't get picked up either, which I was very surprised about when people were saying that they needed wingers. Yeah, and see so the other, the, it, it is really interesting to see who ended up not getting picked because I had a whole list of people that I still really wanted, but when I saw that Robbie Farrell wasn't going to get it picked up, I've like I picked with my heart, not my head, and so I picked up my third hooker just to make sure that Roberta Farrar got picked up. Well, so. You know what? I'll, I'll give you this. I was tossing up between Farah and Barber, but I didn't think I could have a team with Ennis and Farah in it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Well, that makes me feel good because I was feeling terrible that no one wanted him and now I know that someone did. Yep, he was on my list. He was on my radar. Mario, the media watch man himself was the owner of the Armadillo, uh, the Amps, the, what were the Armadale Armadillos. His fullback was Brad Stewart. Brett Stewart. His wingers were Michael Robertson and Martin Ophir. He had Jamie Lyons and Brad Parker in the centres. He had Cliffy Lyons and Des Hasler in the halves. In his prop, Mark Carroll, Ron Gibbs. Second row, Glenn Stewart, Steve Matai. Locked all up by Nick Kosef, but his hooker was Jim Sedaris. On the bench, Ray Brown, George Rose, Dave Taylor, Kerry Hemsley, and his coach was Mal Riley. Let's hear this man's approach. I went into it fully intending to pick either Freddie or Joey, but given that that opportunity was not a, you know, not available to me because I was a bit too far down, I just then said, okay, well, Cliffy's my main priority then. And mm. once once I got him, I had to get Beaver because you can't have Cliffy without Beaver. It just doesn't work. 
And from there, it just seemed harder and harder to not pick Manly players because there's, <laughs> there's just too many. I mean, we've, you know, not to rub it in, but we've won so many grand finals over the years and had so many great teams that there's so many genuinely great players to choose from. And every time I thought, who should I get? You know, like I'm thinking fullback. Well, you know, I, I'm choosing between what, Haynes, Slater and Stewart. Of course, I'm going to take Stewart. Yeah. And it just constantly kept happening that way. And I've got a few non-manly players in there just because they're guys that I they, I just really loved for whatever reason. And I just thought they had to be included, but they were the rare exceptions. Mate, I've got Tuvi, Vorton and Cleo. So I get that Manly's had a great team. What about your favourite picks? Uh, if we Let's not think about the uh, Beaver or... Um, Beaver or I can't remember his name. What the hell? Beaver or the other guy you just said, Cliffy. Who do you think would be your um, favourite? Um, or maybe the one that you didn't expect to be your favourite, but ended up being your favourite. Honestly, it's an easy call in the end. It's my very last pick that I just got at one AM this morning is um, Bucket Temsley. Wow. Um, I I basically never heard of the guy because I think he finished his career at about eighty six or something, and then he started watching the last game of eighty six. So he was, you know, before my time, but I've I've seen some highlights and stuff since then, and I've uh, actually met the guy a couple of times. But full credit to the boys' um, live shows, and he's just an absolute wrong, absolute top bloke. And you know, then done a bit of research on him, and just thought, you know, this, this guy's amazing. So how I hadn't thought of him earlier, I can't believe I left him to last, but I'm lucky that I got him. I thought Buckets was um, in the 88 and 89 finals. So he may have played longer, longer than 86. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, okay. And thinking about the owners, the, thinking about the DM, um, how we were compiled all this stuff, who, who was your favourite owner or who, who do you think did a great job as an owner? Oh, they all put – so many of them put so much effort into it, like making making their team in the club and putting out the good tweets. Like, you know, people like you, Mortz, League Digest, Boomsy. You know, I, I, I genuinely, I, I don't want to sit on the fe- on the fence. I'd struggle to pick based on that. I, I'm just focused on who I think has made the best squad of players. Yeah. And I haven't decided on that. I haven't decided. Well, we'll take your first answer, which was me. Great. Thanks, Media Watch Mario. Have a great rest of your day. At Fat Harry Lazy was the owner of the Redland City Pit Rats. His fullback, Matt Sears. He had Kenny Nagus and Francis Mele on the wings. Isabel Kelly and Jamal Idris in the centres. The halves were Preston Campbell and Tommy Rodonicus. Prop, Arthur Beetson and Mark O'Mealy. He had Craig Gower as hooker and captain. Mark Guyer, David Fairley were the second rowers. And James Fisher-Harris locked in the scrum. He had Stanley Jean, Joe Wagner, Vangana, Brian Fletcher and Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary. Uh, hashtag Yuri of Cleary on the bench. And they were coached by Graham Murray. Let's hear his approach. I just wanted to pick a team that I enjoyed watching. A um, bit of skill, a bit of hardness, you know, a bit of cheek. And just <laughs> have a bit of fun. Yeah, well, yeah, I can well, see I can that see definitely, definitely in your, in your uh, one, one through, through well, well, you're right, 17. Right, what was what your favourite pick? pick? I had to be Mark Guyer. Mm. Yeah, I was lucky to get him, but I loved him ever since I was a kid. So getting him was good. And, and what, what about, about the, the owner, owner that you thought was or did, did the best, best job, job thinking about the chat, thinking about the, chat, thinking about the, about the team, team, everything they did? Uh, big pardon? 
Your favourite owner, really, owner, the, through the, the chat, chat and, and compiling their people. What do you think? Uh, I like I like Audu's team. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, also Bumdi's team too. Love it. So the llamas and the jerseys. And the jerseys, yeah. The Woi Woi Pelicans, owner, owned by Goddamn Gunt again, had a obvious para tinge to it. As fullback, he's got uh, Hodgson, and I'm assuming it's the Eels version, not the Tigers one. He's got Rad Radra and Manu Vatavai. He's got Butner and Naden in the centres. As his halves, he's got Whiten and Ali Brigginshaw. He's got Paul Vaughan and Fui Fui Moimoy as the props. Cam McInnes as the hooker. The second row is a Hindmarsh and Kezi Apps. The scrum is locked by Frizz, Tyson Frizzell. The bench is David Fafita, Boyle, Nass and Kenny Edwards. The coach is the Walker brothers. Let's hear this young man's approach. Me, I just pretty much picked whoever looked good and who wasn't picked already. Yeah, but how did you come up with, like, who was good? How, like, what kind of criteria are you to work that out? Uh, with the way I did it was uh, which players that I liked, yeah. uh, which ones were sort of like a meme dream team. <laughs> with the uh, Michael Butner and stuff like that. Yeah, meme dream team. What an incredible uh, name! And 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 the good old uh, meme that we have with Rev Boyle about the uh, Dave Fafita. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, now tell me about your favorite pick. My favorite pick. Shit, I can't remember who it was exactly. Um, Rod Rodra, Moi Moi. Hindmarsh, uh, I'm just going to look at the, the parent people in here. Yeah, it was Rad Radra. Rad Radra, he's absolutely buried it. And how early were you in that pick? How how high up was Rad Radra for you? He he was, uh, I think he was the third pick because kind of needed a, a fast winger and what 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 other better player could be uh, picked? No, on could a meme dream Radra. team. Yeah, yeah, no one else on a meme dream team. Now, yeah. uh, what about owners during the draft? Think about the DMs and how people went about their business. Who, who was probably your favourite owner? Uh, Budu. Yeah. Because he's, he's just a bit of a... And yeah. the way he does his, his picks and who he picks. Yeah. The Cessnock Cessnas were owned by at yes underscore Charlton Backyard. Burgess, his fullback, Anthony Minicello, even though he's a Rabbits fan. The wingers, Rod Wishart and Nathan Blacklock. The centre, Michael Jennings, Willie Tonga. Halves, Terry Lamb and Peter Sterling. The props were Sam Thiday and Roy Asatasi. Hooker was Benny Elias. Second row was Craig Fitzgibbon and Bradley Clyde. And the scrum was locked by Ray Price. His bench was Jim Dimmick, Sean Berrigan, Dallas Johnson and Matty Johns. The coach was the immortally amazing Tim Sheens. Yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> okay, well, tell me about the approach to your roller coaster. What was your approach to the draft? Uh, I think I did a, a lot of things. I, I think I thought about it similar to the way that I would if I was building an actual football team. Was yep. I wasn't going to do anything unless I had a quality number seven. So I felt like that was kind of key to everything. Right. And then depending on the type of style of play that that seven was, uh, I could build. I could get a good six and I could get a, a solid nine and, and 13 and a one. Um, and then I thought, maybe, I wasn't too worried after that. I thought 
fucking Hold get on, before, some... you, before you keep going, I just want to tell everyone, so you're talking, your halfback ended up being Peter Sterling, you got Terry Lamb, your fullback yep. was Manny Cello and your hooker was Benny Elias, so just so anyone listening along knows what you were doing. So there's, there's your, the, the spine you're talking about. Yep, and initially I had drafted Brad Clyde as my second pick, um, who, super versatile sort of lock, but um, getting Ray Price actually sort of sh- moved Clyde into the sort of second row because I couldn't have Price anywhere else. So um, I felt that that was a, a quality kind of framework really for any sort of team. So mm. um, and, and also, how are you feeling about like Boomsy, who you're related to? It was, was he along the same? Did you feel like he was going along the same traps as you? Uh, I think he took a different approach because he, he, I, 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 we both went back super old school at the yep. start and, and progressively kind of worked our way towards the more modern players. Um, but I think, yeah, I think his approach is a little bit different. Um, I, I just went to the books and, and I was on the rugby league <laughs> project and yeah, I, yeah. I was interested in the numbers games, uh, whether the numbers aligned with my opinions of players. Mm. So for example, and even Peter Sterling, like I, 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 I really wanted him. Um, but not until I started to dive into his numbers that I was even more taken back with how incredible his career was. Yeah, no. In fact, during ISO, I've watched heaps of old games. Yep. And, um, and that's also just made me go like, holy crap, I really want that person on my team. And Peter Sterling was definitely one of those people. Would yep. you say, can you tell me a favourite selection of yours? Uh, my favourite one, I, I think getting, I think I got Ray Price in the fifth or the sixth. I mean, mm. he's a Hall of Famer. He was part of that Parramatta team, which was incredible. Like the yep. more that I read about them, the more I was like, wow. Um, but he was, he was probably, I did enjoy, I think it as sort of the, as it all went on, I liked the idea of um, Matty John, the Matty John selection, just with the sole alignment of the team and stuff like that. So um, that was more for shits and gigs, but um, overall, I think the Ray Price was my favorite draft pick. Yeah, fair enough. Now thinking about the DM and how everyone went about their business, do you have a favorite owner? Um, from the from this draft experience, <laughs> um, I think Rev Boyle was somebody who yeah. would would draft players, and I would be like, "Oh, that's a like." I kept saying to myself, "That's a really good pick. That's a really good pick." Right. Um, and on the flip side of that, there was a couple of people in there who whose draft selections were quite bizarro. Yeah. Um, but mostly, it just meant that I could get the picks that I wanted. Um, so I was quite thrown by some of the first round selections. Like yeah. I was a bit like, oh, I think I had to change my tactic a little bit because it meant that I could get players later, but it, it made it less predictable, which, which is probably the funnest part about it. So, yeah, I think uh, to not to get too far away from your question, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed anything that Bo- Boyle sort of put on there. Um, and I was also curious about who you were going to pick most of the time. Oh, I could see that there was this kind of Tigers sort of mentality there, um, but also probably for good reason because they had a good team in the sort of the early early eighties, early nineties. Sorry, late late eighties. Um, but I didn't know whether there'd be any banter with the whole Benny Elias thing, but there wasn't. Yeah, I try. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm still <laughs> funny about that whole bloke because because he's just so great for New South Wales, Australia, and Balmain, but. But his post career, I don't know how to divorce people's post careers and their or and their playing careers, or if we should, or so yeah. I just try not to talk about Benny really, just generally in my in my <laughs> daily life. The New Jersey jerseys, 
uh, Budunya. His fullback is Kalen Ponga. Greg Inglis and Israel Flau are the wingers. Nigel Vangana and Tamana Tahu are in the centres. His halves are Ricky Stewart and Daly Cherry Evans. He has Jason Riles and Andrew Morley in the front row with Danny Badiris as the hooker. Gareth Ellis, Ali Lutatatiti is the second row, and Greg Bird's locking up the scrum. Ali's the captain. Carmichael Hunt, Nathan Kalis, Ifaya Palanisa, oh my goodness, and Manu Ma'u are on the bench. I'm so sorry about reading most of those names. The coach was Wayne Bennett. Now, everyone's super best friend, Budunya, did try desperately to get on and be interviewed about uh, his thoughts towards this. He, he desperately worked um, to try and talk to me first, and then I put in a whole bunch of other measures. He tried really hard to get all into work. We just couldn't, so he said to write it to me. He said his approach was uh, he had a late pick, so he had to be reactive. Where much of the quality halves went, he wanted a player that could beat their opposition number and defend in more than one way. So speed, aggression, footwork, and offload. Tried to get halves with long passing and kicking games to help the quality he had out wide. And he accurately, it was acutely, sorry, aware of having bad boys, so needed an okay manager or coach, hence picking Wayne. He said that he thought the best owner was a carrying bar snowman. He was a big fan of the big guys in that pack, well worth the investment. And he also said there was an honorable mention to the Larrikins. Their floor is so high and close to their highest ceiling. So the gap in the players he's saying is quite low or quite short. Eamon from the Voluntary Tackle also had a great Roosters vibe. Uh, His fullback was Brett Mullins. And although I thought of Canberra straight away, he put a Roosters version of Brett Mullins up. The wingers were Rod Silver, Daniel Tupu. The centers were Justin Hodges, obviously the Roosters Hodges, and Matt King. The halves were Brad Fittler, who was the captain, James Maloney. The props were Siasola Takayaho and Sam Moa. Jake Friend was his hooker. The back row was Sonny Bill, Williams, Steve Simpson, locked in by Ben Kennedy. And the bench was Matt Bowen, Tawera Nikua, Sam Cassiano, and Mitchell Orbison. The coach was, of course, Trent Robinson. Let's hear his approach. Mate, this was a... I had no approach, really, at first, other than getting Brad Fittler, who's my right. favourite player. But then it, be, then it became a sort of a... about making sure I, I try to pick a good team rather than just, like, a, my favourite players. So making sure the team had a good balance. Uh, and I think I've managed to achieve that. Would it be fair to say that it had a huge rooster slant at the beginning and through most of it? Yeah, look, I guess red, white and blue does sort of run through my veins, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, no, I think I'd say maybe 40, 50% of the team have played for the Chooks at some mm. point. But um, as it went on, I think it became the competition became more fierce because so many of the great players have been chosen. Then you had to sort of really think about it a bit yeah. more. Now, outside of Brad Fittler, do you have another favourite pick that you got? Um, you know, I think for me, it might have been, in hindsight, looking at that team, might be Ben Kennedy, right. who's just one of these guys that maybe doesn't quite get the legacy of some of the other players, but I just feel like if you've got Brad Fittler and you've got this forward that used to carry five or six guys on his back at a time, that's a pretty good combination. Mm. Uh, now, let's talk about owners, thinking about the chat, thinking about how everyone went about their business and what they ended up with. Which owner do you, do you think did the best job? Mate, it's about four or five teams where I go, oh, they're gun sites. And obviously everyone's taken a different approach. Yeah. Some people have just gone for their favourite players or not even necessarily the most effective, but maybe just the ones that they have a sentimental leaning for. Um, but the, from memory, the, the masks looked bloody good. Yeah. Um, the, the optimists looked good. 
And someone had, I, th- I can't remember, it might have been the Llamas, I can't remember, had a combination of Stacey Jones and Wally Lewis in the halves. You're going, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a, that's a, good, that's a decent side. Yeah, I think you're right. That was the Llamas. Uh, yeah, okay, so you're liking those three. Great. Uh, okay, well, thanks, sir. Mate, thank, thank you, Big C, for organising it. It was a lot of fun. I, I found it, um, at first I thought, oh, this would be a bit of a laugh, and it, and it certainly was, but I became a little bit more stressed as it went along because I cared more. Yeah, well, I could see that when everyone was chiming in at 1am, you know, <laughs> petrified <laughs> that they were going to miss out on, you know, some Matt Singh or Mitch Orbison, you know, getting up that early in the morning just to make sure that they got their Sam Cassianos. That is a weird thought to wake up 1am and go, Mitch Orbison, Mitchell Orbison, Mitchell Orbison. I go, yeah. what has my life become in lockdown? But anyway, yeah. mate, I, thanks for organising. It was a lot of fun. At Yeah Victoria uh, underscore was the owner of the Latchmont Larrikins. Her fullback was Tedesco. On the wing, she had Hayne and Holmes. The centres were Manu and Crocker. Or Croker, actually, probably. The halves were Kiri and Lockyer. She had uh, Jared Weir, Hargraves, and Bo Scott in the... And I think it was Matt Scott in the props. She had Damien Cook as a hooker, Jai Arrow and Sutton as a second ha- the second row, and she had Victor Radley as the lock. She had Norman, A for feeder, Maguire and Paulo all on the bench, and the coach was Michael Maguire. Let's hear her approach. Because I was the youngest, and I myself, like I only got into rugby league. Uh, back in 2010 because I grew up in the in the states so like I, I wasn't like I didn't have the game around me and so yeah so I got into it in 2010 so I've only been a fan of the game for 10 years which obviously compared to a lot of you is a very short amount of time and so I didn't want to pick a team full of players that I had never actually seen play and I couldn't yeah. defend that they were like my selection and they're in their in my team or whatever and I'm not denying that of course like all the selections were good selections or whatnot it was just that how am I meant to argue why mm. I put someone in my team when I never even saw them play? I don't know, like their I don't know their their story or whatever. So I went with basically every player in my team is from the modern era. And I think like the oldest player is Darren Lockyer, who mm. like retired a few years after I like got into the game. But like, you know, you don't have to know the game that well to know <laughs> that he's like one of the best. Like he was amazing no matter what. Um, so yeah, so I think he's the oldest and everyone else, like there's still a lot of active players um in in my team and yeah so I, I kind of that was my that was my idea because I knew that obviously rugby league fans range from you know children to to you know elderly and so I, I wanted to cater for the the people like around my age group who like are witnessing these players as they play right now and that's why I was able to nab someone like Tedesco or like Damian mm. Cook and so yeah that was my approach pretty much every single player is from the modern era now speaking of those legends, who was your favorite pick? I think I think Darren Lockyer was my favorite pick. Like I was happy right. to grab him, but um, like I was also pretty happy to nab Tedesco, and uh, like he it was a late pick, but I was happy to get um, Andrew Fafita. I thought he was going to go a lot earlier, so I think those were three that I was I was happy with. Yeah, great. And then looking, thinking about the chat, thinking about the teams that came out, thinking about all those things. What which owner do you think? Has done the best job. I don't know. I've been kind of going through them. It's it's like it is tricky for me to try to pick as well because there are so many players that like, if I'm totally honest, I had never even heard of before. Like right. some of the names, I couldn't tell if they were like if everyone was being serious or if like they were like making jokes or whatnot. So I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna reply. <laughs> I'm not gonna reply. 
um, <laughs> like from my recollection, obviously whoever's got Andrew Johns, that's huge. Mm. Like someone like Andrew Johns or Brad Fittler. But there was one that I saw. I'm trying to like remember it because obviously so many of them blur. Um, yeah. I'm like looking at them all right now. I'm so sorry. You're just going to have to hear me like ramble while I try to work it think out. Think out loud. I think yeah. um, I really liked, uh, what is it? The Central Western Daily or no, the Optimists. With, yeah, uh, the optimist. And I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, that's who they spon- made sponsor them. Uh, <laughs> two of us, a check. Uh, and then they've got Munster, Alan Langer. Like that's you know that's not yeah. a bad team. Oh, and they've got Cameron Smith. So I think I'm gonna mm. like when I saw them, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a solid, <laughs> that's a solid team. Like I can't fight that. Um, but then as well, the Rough Riders with like Slater at the back and then um, mm. Marshall and uh, they nabbed uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. So, yeah, there's a couple. But I, I feel like for me, my pick goes to the Optimists. Ironside's one of the American teams at Bereft of the Dial. His team was in the backs, East Dan Harris, which is a Welsh name that I've definitely made a mistake on. Uh, the wingers were Josh Adakar and Wendell Saylor. The centres were Josh Hannay and Steve Matai. He locked in with Jake Travojevic with the second rowers Simon Mannering and David Ferner. His halves were Gareth Widdop and Mitchell Moses. Hooker was Greg Kinescu, who was the captain. His props were Jamie Peacock and Brent Kite. His... Interchange was Marcus By, Les Davidson, Tom, Leroy Lars, and Chris Flannery. Now coached by Ivan Cleary. Let's hear this American's journey into rugby league and how he approached this. Uh, I'm an American. Uh, I was into rugby union. Uh, I know. Please don't shoot me. No, that's okay. Uh, I, had okay. A, <laughs> I had a friend who was uh, involved in the old um, Oneida FC rugby league team they had a soccer team and i'm into soccer so he was like oh you should come and see our rugby league team and i thought he meant i didn't know there were two different kinds right so i thought i was going to see rugby union uh which was not the case and i was like dude what is this like this is like faster rugby like what is this yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah and he was australian uh i don't know where he was from in new south wales i remember he was from new south wales and he was like oh my it's rugby league so that was my <laughs> that was like 2010 ish and then um he moved back to australia and i kind of lost touch with it and then we i heard we got into the 2013 world cup and i went oh i remember that sport mm-hmm. so and i got back into it and and do you who do you follow uh i don't i am i am switzerland of of the nrl but i mm. i follow the wolf pack and uh and the uh and the u.s team obviously the hawks but i'm switzerland i don't get i i enjoy all nrl teams yeah, I don't, well, I don't get involved in the fighting. I also love the Wolfpack, and it's great to hear that you're a West Tigers fan. Now, let me. Um, now let me, <laughs> let me you know what's you. funny is one of my best friends down there, Pete Nowakowski, is a huge West Tigers fan. So I, I, I am friends. friends with you guys. There you go. Now, what was your approach to the uh, big draft? Uh, my approach was to learn as much as I could about, you know, I'm still learning about the game. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'll have new players and legends. And then I wanted to get, you know, I, I obviously because the Wolfpack are in England. I follow more of the the English league, so I yeah. wanted to throw in some English players. Aston Harris, uh, Jamie Peacock, those those type of guys. So and I knew I had a feeling I would be able to pick them, seeing as most people would be picking NRL players. Yeah. So yeah. that was my – this was a learning experience for me. Oh, great. And I, and I hope that happened for you. What, what surprised you, though, most during the draft? Uh, there are some positions that only have 
handful of good players. Yeah. <laughs> like what? What was what was one of the positions um, you remember that? The one of them that that really struck out of me is there are like there are like five legendary half packs halfbacks and that seems to be it. Mm. Like there were other positions where hat where something like wingers, for example, like that's like super deep. There are just legions of legendary wingers. Right. But when you get into like halfbacks and more towards the back of the field, the the legends sort of it starts to peter out. Yeah. There, right. there are only there are only a few like heavyweights and those went very quickly because people know more about this sport than i do so mm. i was like oh shit so once we got back i was like oh i need a halfback oh like there's only a there's only a few of these up, guys that... who'd you end up drafting uh at half at halfback uh hold on i gotta run in front of me i'm pretty sure i took mitchell moses who i couldn't believe was still yeah i took mitchell moses who i couldn't believe mm. was available but he was there you go okay and who was your favorite selection uh, I stole Wendell Saylor from the Armadillos. <laughs> I I tweeted it like not ten seconds before he did. Like it almost on my phone, it came out almost at the exact same time. Right. But I was obviously first, and it wasn't too bad. I know Nate will kill me, but I stole his um, Chris Flannery from him. That right, was also right. pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but so- Wendell Saylor was my favorite. So your favorites are really just knowing that you beat other people to them. It's not so much. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Wendell. Yeah, I mean that helps. But I couldn't believe that. I mean, I knew the name Wendell Sailor, and I'm like, oh man, I can't believe that guy is still out there. So I, I woke. You know, it's 11 o'clock here. I know that's the 1 a.m. thing for you guys, but it's 11 a.m. here. So I, I had all day to wait for it, and I was just waiting and waiting, and I had it already typed out, and I pressed, you know, send, and then the armadillos like Andy tried to grab it, and I, I just got in before him. I was like, Love it. Take that, Andy. What about uh, regrets? You're talking a lot about um, people, other people missed, but which one oh, was the play you missed? I can't believe I didn't take Jonathan Thurston with my first pick. I am an idiot. Right. That and is you're talking about the halfbacks. This, this I know. Mm. I, you know, I, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, well, there'll be more people. And then I'm looking at him. I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's – and that was the first – really, let me tell you very quickly, the, the, that, um, that grand final where he kicks the winner – Right. Uh, that that was the I watched that here with some friends and I got like five people into the sport just from that game. Yeah. Like yeah. they really they really need to show that game here in America. Like that is the easiest way to get Americans into the sport. So he's like my dude. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't do that. <laughs> like I am and, a moron. And Broncos and Cowboys. They're, they're two NFL teams. It makes See? sense. 2015. There you go. There you go. Um, now, from from off the top of your head, which owner? Thinking about the chat, thinking about the players that they come uh-huh. up with. Which owner do you think, outside of um, outside of the Ironsides, do you think would be the 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 top, the best team? I I uh, I'm gonna say basically because of his, and I really like the way he did it. The Pit Rats. Mm. I think the I think the Pit Rats put together a really good a team that you would sleep on. I think they put together a team <laughs> you would think that you could oh we can beat these guys and they would like somehow defeat you. I, right. I, I really think he did the best job. The Rough Riders, owned by Nate Gladden at Podcast RLA, Rugby League in America podcast. His fullback, Billy Slater. The wings had Jess Sergis and Jason Nightingale in the centres, Keith Senior and Matt Cooper. His halves were Benji Marshall, who is the captain, and Kira Dibb. The props, Tavita Pango Jr. and Marty Tapao. He's got Steve Walters as the hooker. In the second row, we've got Ruben Wiki and Ben Teo, and locking everyone in is Andy Farrell. On the bench, Terry Newton, Tony Pelletua, John Bateman, and Paul Sculthorpe, coached by Christian Wolf. Let's hear this amazing American's approach to the draft. 
So my pro, I was pumped, man. My my approach. First off, thanks, man. This was awesome to to be a part of. So my approach was the first thing I thought was whenever you asked me, I was like, all right, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be in America. I'm gonna go with the Rough Riders. I'm big on that name right now. Mm. I was like, all right, I want to go somewhere. And I was like, all right, I won't do the town I live in or anything else. I'll do somewhere that I'd like to live eventually, somewhere out west, so maybe like Utah. So I was like, all right, I'll go there. And then my approach was, obviously, these players are playing at their best. I was like, all right, I'm going to take a decent amount of Pacific Islander, you know, heritage guys because there's about 20,000 Tongans that live in the Salt Lake (laughs) City in Utah region, plus Fijians and, you know, know, some other people as well, uh, New Zealanders and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to take some with that background. And I'm going to take a lot of people. They may not be, some of them are obviously traditional names that people would know of, but they may not all be the people that you would think of. But I was mm. like, I want people that are, they can hit hard, they can run fast, they're fluid, the ball's got to keep moving. I don't care about the wrestle. Not that it won't be a part of it, but I wanted to just come at it from the way that I felt like Americans would prefer to consume it. And right. it has to be, has to be fun, has to be fast. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to go with some guys that I think would make it enjoyable to go sit in a stadium and, uh, and watch them play. Well, I mean, Benji Marshall into Billy Slater. You've got fast, fluid, exactly. and entertaining right there, mate. That's uh, exactly what I wanted. Now, what about what surprised you during the draft? What surprised me? Yeah, anything, anything jump out was a bit weird or you didn't expect to happen happened? Or... I think there were a couple people that I was like, I, I bet nobody would pick them. And then, you know, so like uh, – I know, like, uh, like Moses got picked up. Uh, Mitchell Moses got picked up. Uh, a couple guys like that. I was like, oh, I'll get that guy. And then uh, Chris Flannery, I was like, oh, I bet he'll wait. Like, I'll be able to get him. And then somebody got him right before. And a couple, a couple different ones like that. And then I was gonna go for Kezi Apps later. And somebody picked her. I was like, what the hell's going on, man? These are the people <laughs> that I want. So yeah, yeah. I felt like they were, uh, they were getting my, uh, getting my picks. But that, that surprised me. And then honestly, the amount of people that somebody would pop up. What was your favorite uh, your pick from the draft? Uh, my favorite pick was Kira Dib because she was a podcast guest. So, you know, that was, for me, that was without a doubt my favorite pick that I got. Um, obviously, it was cool to get, like, Benji Marshall and everybody else, but mm. for me, it was, that one was pretty solid. I was like, yeah, that's, that's fun. Because she was awesome to talk to when I had her on the podcast, so I'm a big, big fan of her now, so. Are you also, and you said, no, I, I'm vaguely remembering you're a Queensland fan. Am I right about that? I am, which is, mm. which is funny, but, but she came to America. She, she was in uh, Philly about 30 minutes away from where I'm at now, uh, where I live. And so that's what, like I heard, I read an article about her coming over here and uh, trying to teach the game of rugby league. And I was like, what is this? So <laughs> I had to have her on the uh, podcast and, uh, and it was awesome. Now, what about a play that you missed that you regret not grabbing? <sighs> I was actually really bummed about Chris Flannery. Yeah, so right. I was really freaking bummed, man. I know that sounds crazy, but I got to meet him last year. Whenever I was up in the Sunshine Coast, he took me through. Rob Bergen took me up there. I got to meet him. We got to walk around the stadium up Sunshine Coast, went in the locker room, had a chat. Um, he was a really nice guy. He obviously he knows he knows my girlfriend's family, um, you know, because obviously her sister. He held the uh, charity game uh, up there when uh, Nicole Fitzsimons, uh, you know, a couple of years after she passed away to to honor her. Yeah, right. So. We're, Yes, I was bummed about that one. Um, okay, well, this has been great, to, sir. Thanks so much um, for being a part of it. It was really great having your um, your take on everything. Oh, yeah, no, actually, wait, before you go, so sorry. Which owner do you think, um, thinking about it, how we went in the chat and, and how everything went and the team that they compiled, which owner do you think did um, the best job of compiling a team? 
Ooh, I got to look at that again. Uh, I was always intrigued by the armadillos the whole time they were going. Okay. I was just, I was like, look at this guy was the whole time. Well, that's good enough, I, I right? Was very, I was very intrigued. The incredible at league digest had a big swing at this. Their fullback Tom Travojevic, the wingers were Jason Robinson and Noah Nandruku, the centers Michael O'Connor and Laurie Daly. Their halves were Jonathan Thurston and Brett Kenny. They had Ian Roberts and James Graham as the props, Kieran Cunningham as their hooker, Gene Miles, Jason Smith, the second row, and the locked in by Ellery Hanley, who they captained. Bench was Greg Florimo, Bobby Linda, Dean Pay, Kevin Ward, and they were coached by Warren Wock Ryan, an absolute legend of theirs if you've ever listened to their podcast. Speaking of listening to them, let's hear how they approached it. Pretty simple, just uh, get get the best players available. We, my, my, me and Andrew did have a, a philosophy of bright football uh, and mm-hmm. tried to pick players that fit that bill. But when you saw an immortal or near immortal on the board, you had to take him, right? And who, who was that? Uh, so Jonathan Thurston in the first round, for example, we had the 10th uh... pick. I didn't think he was going to be available at that spot. We were targeting Brett Kennedy with the 10 pick. Available, so we had to take him, and as it as it turns out, Kenny was available in the second round for us anyway. Isn't that exciting? This is what I'm talking about. This, that, that kind of bright football, you don't think is Thurston, but then um, you get Kenny anyway. That's like little presents, little treasures. Exactly, and look at that as a halves combination. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, now, thinking of those players, who would you say was your favourite pick of the of your team? This, this one will hurt for you, T, but Ellery Hanley was one. Mm-hmm. From the start, I was like, I really want Ellery Hanley. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, he, he was my childhood hero. Two, I really love the idea of that ball playing running lock forward. Like I would have lo- loved to have got either Hanley or Fittler in that 13 spot. So I was right. thrilled to, to take Hanley there. And you've made him your captain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he he very successful player in, in the English game and there was no obvious standout candidate otherwise. So, uh, yeah, Hanley gets the job. Okay. And now I'm thinking about the the chat, the, the DM group, or um, how you saw everyone go about their business. Was there an owner that you thought was a standout and ended up with a standout team? Uh, just just uh, for his annoyingness, uh <laughs> Mario, the, the Eagles player. <laughs> <laughs> Very persistently annoying in the chat, so I, I appreciated that. First time Twitter user was the owner at Chicken Palmer, and his team were the Masks, the Edge City Masks. Fullback Tim Brasher. The wingers were Blake Ferguson and Adam McDougall. In the centres were Steve Runoff and Tony Carroll. The halves were Kevin Walters and Andrew Johns. The props, David Clemmer and Paul Harrigan. Hooker was Josh Hodgson. Second row had Talis and Gavin Miller, and the scrum was locked by Sam Burgess. On the bench, he had Brandon Smith, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Jason Crocker, and Corey Oates. The coach was Craig Bellamy. Let's hear his approach. My approach was to get the best players from players that I'd seen. Um, only yep. one player from my team I hadn't actually seen play, Gavin Miller. But um, it was all based off rugby league that I loved as a kid and the players I loved growing up and then some of the uh, modern-day cult heroes. And who was your favourite one, your favourite pick out of that whole thing? Uh, well, my favourite pick by far would be Steve Renoff because, as what? you know, 
he is my my all time hero from a young age, from the first football I loved. So yeah, that was yeah. that was a labor of love. That one that was I had to get him in early because I I thought he'd go quite quickly, but I knew he wouldn't be in the first few rounds. So I waited till the fourth and got him. Well, speaking of massive heroes, I DM'd you saying I'm just about to go for Renault, but I know you love him, so pick him up now. Yeah, I appreciated um, that. So... <laughs> Gave yeah. Now, um, thinking about the the chat group, thinking about how everyone went about the business and what they came up with, which owner do you think did a, a really great job? Um, I think there was a few really good teams. I wrote down a few. The one that I probably like the most, but I wouldn't admit it to him, would be <laughs> would be the Optimist. Yeah, yeah, Rev team. Yeah. Uh, uh, Will and I were in a little bit of contact during the the draft time, and uh, we'd talk about players to help each other out. And I think he's got a very strong team across the board. He was going, he was in it to win it. Will loves his footy and he wants to win. But I thought the the optimists and I thought the uh, Lennox Lennox head llamas were pretty good. Yeah. And then I think there was a few others that I had. But, um, yeah, there's some real real surprise packets. And I forgot how many great players were out there and just got pipped by me. Uh, pipped just before I got them. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, Rev did a great job. And also, I should clarify for all the listeners that you are both massive Broncos fans. So, of course, you were working together uh, against everyone else. Yeah. Well, he was that... very kind to let me have more of the Broncos. He was, he was more <laughs> going for the win. I was going for the win with the Broncos. Optimus Rugby League Club, Pigs May Fly, Country Rugby League Team, done by at Rev underscore Boyle. His fullback was two of us, a Sheik. The wingers were Takiri and El Masri. His uh, centres were Brent Tate and Cronin. The halves were Cam Munster and Alfie Langer. Jeez, there's a strong Queensland partnership there. Speaking of Queensland, he's got Petro and Tunks in the props, Cam Smith in the hooker. He's got Boyd Cordner, though. And Randall as the second rowers, and Corey Parker locking everyone in. On the bench, he's got Blake, Papali, Donnelly, and Khan, and they were coached by the great Roy Masters. Let's hear his uh, approach to the draft. Yeah, picking to win, and I picked a board style system. So I sort of uh, looked at the players that I wanted to get. I wanted to pick like a, a power team. Um, so I sort of picked players that I'd, oh, I don't know, like. I, I knew that there were certain players people didn't like, and that became evident with my first pick, which, uh, <laughs> which, is which I was just like, my God, Tom Brady's still on the board, guys. It's like the mid, mid-2000s. mid What are we all doing here? Yeah, like, yeah. And so I became a bit more cautious with some of my picks after that, I must say. Um, you know, there's certain players that I love, which evidently people didn't like, or players that we clearly weren't picking on ability. We were picking on sort of uh, how people think about them. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm really happy with my team. Honestly, like I really thought that there was Ian Roberts hurt. He was one that I was actually going to build my team around. Right. Um, so he hurt. Um, but I ended up getting like, honestly, the, the guys I built my team around were some of my later picks. Like I really wanted Donnelly and Randall and Tunks. They were the three that I picked out from probably in the first four or five picks. Mm. that I wanted to get, but I knew I didn't, the people weren't going to pick them. So I'm super happy that I got them. Yeah, isn't that funny? Because you end up having, it takes a little while to work out what you really want, but then once you discover it, um, you know, it's super exciting. Because well, the moment I decided that I really wanted Steve Roach and Craig Young as my two 
props on a field, I just became obsessed with that. And I didn't care really what else happened after that because I just loved the idea of those two massive meatheads smashing it out in a field together. But would you, do you have a favorite out of those three or, or was it just kind of discovering that those three you, well, what I, you wanted? I'd read that the, the Hitman book is where I got a lot of information from. Right. And Donnelly was always the one. Like, such a tragic kind of guy, really. Like, but he had, like, you know, he was obviously a good player. Um, but he really didn't, never reach the heights of a lot of other people. You know, like, I think Sivan Seven played 51 tests in the end. Like, wow. And you look at a guy like Donnelly who was, who would have fitted in in, in any era. Like, he was hard, he was tough, but he was skillful. But yeah, mm. 31 years old, you know, like you just think, and no one's, no one heard of him. Like I knew when I put the name in, there's going to be like a handful of people going to go, oh yeah, I remember him. Right. Like, but yeah, he was one of the guys that I wanted to have in my team from the beginning. Now, what about an owner? Thinking about the chat, thinking about how everything played out. Was there an owner that you thought did a really great job or that, uh, that you, you're really happy with? Uh, I don't want to say Chicken Palmer because that will, uh, <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never hear that. But he got like, he he obviously was one of the 1am sort of bandits. So he yeah. got a lot of good picks then. Whereas, you know, I'm a father. I'm not, I just really just, if I woke up, I woke up and I put a pick in, you know, yeah. like, so I picked then it's a bit more defensively. I just picked players that I knew I'd kind of wanted, but wasn't fussed. But um, the draft horses were good. Um, they had a really strong back line. Like you've got Mick O'Connor and I think it was uh, Daly as their centers. You know that's 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 pretty strong. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was like the the ninety fives. Like what he did was incredible. Like to actually pull that off. So, but it just goes to yeah. show how you can make a, a, a full state of origin team, and no one else is going to pick any of those players. Lennox Head Llamas owner was at Bumsy, and you know I love saying at Bumsy zero eight. His fullback, Graham Eady, the wingers, Kerry Boosted and Mika, Micah Sivo. Centres were Mal Meninga, who was the vice-captain, and Latrell Mitchell. The halves were Wally Lewis and Stacey Jones, far out. Captain was Wally Lewis. The props, Brad Thorne and David Gillespie. He had Isaac Luke as the hooker. Second row had Mark Graham and David Kidwell, and that was locked up by Cam Murray. <laughs> Campbell Murray. His bench, Craig Wing, Michael Crocker, Dale Finucane, and Luke Bailey. He was coached by Fool Ghoul. The fitness director was Rocky Balboa, according to this, and wrestling coach, Peter the Fool, Mr. T, and Hulk Hogan. Let's hear his approach. To begin with, I actually didn't really know. And then I thought, well, I'll just get some players that I really like. Um, and at first, I was like, I don't want to get players from my team because I've already supported them. So I was like, oh, I want to you know, get some guys that I really like playing for other sides. And slow. You got to South for anyone who's done home. So you were trying to steer away from South players, yeah? I was, but then all of a sudden I started going, oh, I remember when Isaac Luke was great for South. Or you know, <laughs> I thought about Cameron Murray going to someone else and it just broke my heart. So I had to like, <laughs> so I had to kind of switch it up. But in, in general, honestly, I started looking at combos. I started going, oh, that 5'8", go to that halfback, you know, um, I need big wingers and I want a fullback that can chime in. And that was really great. So outside of the South players, did you have a favourite pick that you, you ended up getting? Mal um, Meninga, because I didn't think I'd get him in the second round. I got Wally first, and then mm-hmm. I got Mal, and I thought, oh, if I go for Wally, then you know, Mal would probably want to go. But that was the uh, the one o'clock session, which I didn't mm-hmm. make too many one o'clock, so I was really stoked to get that one. It was great. Yeah, right. 
Uh, now, thinking about the the DM, the chat that we're in, and, and how all the owners went about their business and the, and the teams they put together, who do you think was the your favourite owner or the best owner? The fav, my favourite owner. Um, I have to say that um, the the masks. Who was that? Um, yeah, Chicken Palmer. Yeah, because he just he was. You could just see he was he was right into it, and you know, you say to me that it was his uh, first time on Twitter. He, you know. Mm. He, picked a side that I was kind of like every time he picked someone, I was like, they were just about to be that person. So I kind of was envious but uh, impressed at the same time. At Pythago NRL, one of the legends who sincerely helped me with this entire process putting it together in its infancy, his 1 through 17 looked like this. His backs were Robert Davis, Brett Dallas and Matt Singh were the wingers, Mark Coyne and Danny Moore in the centres. His Halves were Dale Shearer and Adrian Lamb. Up front, he had Tony Hearn and Gavin Allen. Wayne Bartram was his hooker. He had Trevor Gilmeister, Gary Larson, and Billy Moore in the second row. On the bench was Ben Eichen, Craig Teven, Mark Hone, Terry Cook. Captain was John Money. Big Queensland Cup fan, obviously putting together a Queensland team here. And uh, we'll see how he approached it. My concern was with a 40-year range of players available to choose from. It was going to be very difficult to actually whittle it down to a, a list or an order of players to draft. So, my cat whining in the back of the <laughs> Yep, enjoying your story, yep. Oh, don't get rid of it. I want to hear it meow again. No, I let him in. Oh, good. Uh, that was on the other side of the door. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, what was I saying? Uh, you were doing the whittle down. Um, Skip, skip doing a playlist. I thought I'd just try and find a good team that had a good track record that I could draft that probably wasn't going to get picked by too many other people. Wow. And the 95 Origin team fit that bill pretty well, I think. Well, exceptionally well, because you got almost all the way through it um, without being scuttled. Yeah, now, right. um, and now you, you were incredibly helpful at the very beginning. Uh, Fat Harry Lazy had the, the, the kernel of an idea that I then slept on and couldn't stop or couldn't actually sleep. I kept thinking about it. And then the next morning I, um, I, I put it to you um, to see what you thought and ironed everything out. When we were talking about it then, did you already have an idea of what you were going to do or, or did it come after the first tip or first pick think, or what happened? I think it took a couple of days. I think it was probably the – it was sort of in the back of the head, but it was probably the first round was when I decided to go for it mm. or the day after the first round. If you did the draft again, do you think you would do a similar play? Probably not the same team, but would you still try and do it a similar way? Um, no, I'd probably do something different just to mix it up. But I did think about other teams. I was tossing up doing the idea of the um, combined Brisbane side that played in the 84 Panasonic Cup. So they that but that would probably would have been a bit tricky because it had both Wally Lewis and Mal Meninga to pull off. Mm. Although they, I think they ended up in the same team anyway. Mm. No, I think you're right. I think the llamas grabbed them. Okay. Well, speaking of other owners, did you have, looking at the DMs and how people played out, did you have a, an owner that you thought did a really good job? Um, I think I voted for Lennox Heads. Mm. One of the the llamas? Yeah. Got my vote twice over. I, twice being that? a completely biased Queenslander, I tended to pick teams that had more Queensland players. So um, the Larrikins was another one as well. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, neither of those people are Queensland fans. No, which was kind of surprising to me as well, but they put together a pretty well-balanced squad, I think. The Winchester Wombats. Owner, yours truly. I had such a great time putting this team together. I 
really wanted to have Wayne Pierce as captain and I really wanted to have Jack Gibson as coach. I also thought it was very important that I had a big man like Steve Roach um, as an enforcer on my team. Also, I idolize him and how he plays, except for his treatment of referees. However, he's now full of regret of those things, which I love about him. He's happy to say sorry and say that he was wrong. After that, I just wanted to pick players that I loved. I wanted to make sure that Balmain and West Tigers players were picked up by other people other than Benji, um, who I really wanted on my team. But other than that, I really wanted people to, I wanted to know that those players were great, not just because I thought so because of my fandom, but because I actually were. So people like Ciro and Brasher, uh, I really wanted to be picked up by other people. Robbie, because I wanted to know that they were great players. Um, I ended up getting as my winger, Andrew, sorry, yeah, Andrew Eddinghausen. My wingers were Larry Korowa, they can't catch Korowa, and Chika Ferguson, although we broke my heart in 89, kid could play. Steve Rogers, um, I know very little about. I just read about how phenomenal he was and I couldn't go past him. Anyone who starts in the centers and goes to lock wins Dalliam in both spots. Um, incredible. And so uh, I've got to go back and watch tapes of him. But speaking of watching tapes, I watched tapes about Parramatta in the 80s and so couldn't go past Steve Zip Zip Ella, uh, who was my other center. In the halves, I had Ryan Gerther and Greg Alexander. I love Greg Alexander's commentary, which is exactly why um, I picked him. I also watched that Penrith game in 91 to get into the grand final against the Bears a few weeks ago, and he was phenomenal in it. So huge amount of respect and love for him. Ryan Gerther, I loved watching him uh, play State of Origin, and so was keen to get him. Plus, I know he's a bit of a loose unit, which I thought would be great uh, in, the, in the squad. Uh, my props, as I said, Steve Roach was out. And then the moment I had Steve Roach, I really wanted Craig Young because I also saw a bunch of 80s clips where we're playing St. George and he's just so dominant, such a great offload, such a big man. So just thinking about having Craig Young and Steve Roach on the same team was making me so excited. I grabbed Jeff Tuvey because of his versatility. I also thought he was a great player for Kangaroos in New South Wales. And although I hated him in the 90s when I was a kid watching him play, I have a lot of respect for him now um, as a player and as a coach, so I was really glad to get him. I said I got Junior, he was the captain. I also got Fatty as my other second role because I just think that he's kind of underrated now. His, his commentary career, kind of like Sturlow, has overtaken his playing career, how people know him. He was an excellent second rower, excellent player for Queensland and for Australia. Um, ended up being a pretty good coach as well, so so glad to have him. And Noel Cleal, I read a book written by uh, Ian heads about him and he was just he just sounded like such a character and such an incredible ball player um so so glad to have him lock me up the bench i had robbie kearns i also remember him from melbourne and new south wales big unit wanted another prop on the bench brad mckay super versatile second row into the backs as well if i needed him to plus great hair remember him playing origin and being such a great person Royce Simmons, I just thought his quality was too high. I loved his whole vibe. He's such a great coach now with the West Tigers. Um, well, he was a great coach with the West Tigers and, and just that old man, old school mentality with him and Roach and Young, I thought it was going to be great. Uh, and then Robbie Farrar, just because I couldn't leave him on the cutting room floor. We got to the very last tip. He wasn't in my plan. I was going to pick up Mario Fennick or someone like that. But I thought, no, 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 Robbie can't go through this and not get picked. He's too good a player. I just watched the, uh, the 2014 Origin where, we, where Trent Hopkinson went over and scored thanks to the Boom Rookies doing an a episode about that. I want to watch that game. God, he is so good. I don't understand 
I know the last few years of his career, people really didn't like him, but he's such a good hooker. And I watched the 05 Grand Finals where he should have been the Clive Churchill medalist in that. He was such a great defensive player, always on the ball um, in attack. Great long kick. Anyway, this isn't a podcast about Farrah, but he definitely couldn't be left out of this. The coach was also the, the immortal coach, Jack Gibson, the greatest coach of all time, the century, the, the greatest team of a century coach, Jack Gibson. And he was my second pick. I needed to have him. He's, I idolized him and, and, and all the things he did in commentary and coaching and even playing. Um, such a great person. I'm so glad he was on my team. Well, if you're big, you got to play big. Now, anyone who's on social media and loves rugby league knows the Rugby League Project. The Rugby League Project is an incredible website that has thousands of players and their statistics and what they've done, thousands of teams and what they've done over time. It's an incredible website. And the workhorse pulling it all along is Andrew, at Andrew RLP, phenomenal bloke. It was advised that he have a look over these teams and come up with like a Dally M Player of the Year-esque award, the Rugby League Project medal for the uh, owner that compiled the best team. He used a series of different ways of working it out, uh, and we'll let Andrew explain how he did it and who won. After a very thorough analysis, which has taken, let's be honest, at least a week worth of no sleep, crunching numbers, I can come to a conclusion that the best team that we've got here is the Eldorado Draft Horses. Uh, and so I would like to award them with the Rugby League Project Medal. Congratulations. Now, Andrew RLP is the most humble man in the entire universe. So he did that off his own back, no pay, no whatever. Um, and he was too... Um, humble enough to explain what he did in that week instead of just staring at the teams like most of us that are even blanking at the teams real quick and then choosing one. Um, he got to his conclusion with a win-loss record for every player in their first grade careers across the UK and Australia and then ranked every team. Backs, halves, forwards, bench and spine in order from best to worst in win in, in the win percentage and then took the team that had the best ranked overall from that so congratulations huge congratulations to the el dorado draft horses you stats smashed a team and you are the deserved winners of the rugby league project medal expect your digital picture via twitter soon rugby league supporters i'm pleased you hung in there and well what do you say when you win we eat that stuff up. Thank you. Without further ado, it is my sincere pleasure to announce the winner of the owner's pick. So the owners all voted. They had to think about how everything operated, how everybody went, and the teams, the players that they got, the teams that they created. And although it was extremely close, at Boomsy 8, the Lennox Head Llamas came out on top. Boomsy, congratulations, sir. Your six-pack is in the mail, and I can't wait to hear you celebrate on Twitter and in real life. Hopefully I get a beer. I also can't wait for you to give a lot of bands to your brother at yes underscore Charlton. Congratulations, sir. So congratulations, Boom. Hit me up publicly or through the DMs what type of beer you would like, sir, and I can post it. Well, thanks to the, pre- the, the Premier opening up the doors a bit, uh, we can bring the beer over to you, sir. Rugby League supporters, I'm pleased you hung in there. and Well, what do you say when you win? The popularity contest, we might call it. The Twitter comp. The one where you, 
the listeners, the Twitter holders, got to go on, look at the teams, look at how everyone's been drafting publicly for the last few weeks, and then work out your favorite team. You got three votes. Uh, you didn't have to use all three, but you did vote. For the first third of the votes, it was a three-way race, and it was uh, a, really, it looked like a blowout. But within the last kind of half, there was a big swing. Uh, and I had a quick, because, I'm, uh, because I was super interested to really see how people were voting, I was not at all surprised to see that a lot of Sharks fans were getting around the Snowmen. A lot of Manly fans were getting around the Armadillos. Uh, a lot of Tigers and Balmain fans um, did end up getting around the Wombats. Uh, and a lot of Queensland fans were split between the Optimists um, and the 95s. However, in the end... The most, uh, the, the team that had the best theme, let's call it, the team that had one particular goal and stuck to it, a team that uh, had a fantastically weird um, team really at the end of it, but, but did something that was unique and original, ended up winning. And so congratulations at Pi NRL. Uh, your Spring Hill 95s, we're an unusual team, a fantastic idea that was done really, really well. I'm sorry Paul Vorton didn't end up in your club. The talks fell through, but he is a happy wombat regardless of losing this. Uh, all the owners, um, once I DM them and the thing, I'm sure we'll start messaging you with their chosen gif that you are a amazing owner slash genius. So congratulations, sir. Thanks again to everyone who got involved, the owners, the people who were tweeting us as we did it, and particularly the people who voted. Thank you so much. This would not have been anywhere near as much fun uh, without the extra public scrutiny and, and enjoying it with the wider community. So thanks, everyone. I'm feeling all right because I'm not going to get bruised. What do you mean, how am I feeling? Enjoy your sport for another week. Get around good people on the socials like the ones featured in the draft. And we'll talk to you next time, sports best friends. We wouldn't have got that win without your support. We heard you cheering the whole 60 minutes and we bloody love yous.